This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, everybody. Talking New York Mets with MLB.com's Mets beat reporter Anthony DeComo. And uh, we speak um, just a few minutes before the Mets discuss the formal arrival of Jose Reyes. Um, there's obviously a lot packed into that. We are, for these purposes, going to stick to the baseball part of it. because, In part because I think there's a lot to talk about from the baseball part of it. Um, and I'm curious what you have to say about this first part, which is that it seemed initially when this came together... The idea was he'd be a utility guy, he'd be a useful spare part. As this has gotten closer, it sounds more like he's going to be the primary, if not the only, third baseman. Is that an accurate read? I'm not sure I'd call him the primary third baseman, Matthew. I, I, I think in a, you know, if everything goes right, certainly he's going to be out there more often than not. Um, but the Mets still like Wilmer Flores, and certainly uh, Wilmer's had a pretty good week pretty good couple of weeks and, you know, is prone to a little streakiness like so many hitters in this Mets lineup. Uh, but I don't think he's just going to go away. And, and that's kind of the whole point of getting Jose Reyes for the Mets. That's kind of the whole point of entering the season with Wilmer Flores, that super sub, the way the Mets did. They built this offense really wanting to be able to rest their guys, even their primary guys, their Neil Walkers, their Estrubal Cabreras, uh, Lucas Duda when he was healthy, certainly David Wright when he was healthy. They wanted this to be a very flexible, very malleable on a daily basis thing where, yes, you've got your starters, but you're going to have a guy like Wilmer Flores playing four to five times a week, starting four to five times a week at different positions. Now I think Jose Reyes is kind of that guy, and while third base is where he's going to start out, uh, now that he's at the big league level, the Mets are going to look at him as an outfielder a little bit, but they'll certainly try him there. Um, they will give him reps at shortstop. As Shul Cabrera's had a little bit of a nagging knee issue recently. Uh, they will give him a little bit of a look at second base. So between all of those positions, I think more often than not, you're going to see Jose Reyes out there. But I don't think it would be right just to call him the starting third baseman because I think we're still going to see Wilmer Flores a lot out there. And, and I still wouldn't put it past the Mets to make another acquisition at that position, whether it's Juliette Gurriel or, or someone who becomes available closer to the trade deadline. What exactly are they expecting from him as a ball player? And the main reason I ask that is that it's been three years since Jose Reyes was a particularly good major leaguer. His bat has been in some decline. Now, they're not going to be asking, as you say, not going to be asking him to play that much shortstop. He really wasn't a very good shortstop the last couple of years, and, and there was talk even in Toronto of moving him off short. What do they think they're getting just as far as a ball player? Matthew, I don't think they know. Honestly, I, I don't think they know what they're getting. I think this is... Uh, a little bit of a lottery ticket. Um, really, anything they get from Jose Reyes, I think for the most part they see as a bonus. Uh, remember, they're paying him 
basically the league minimum, um, and they also wrote into the contract that they get him for basically the league minimum next year as well. So if he turns out to be nothing, if he turns out to be cooked, totally done, they lose essentially nothing by trying this. I, I don't think their scouts were out there watching Jose Reyes when he was playing in his rehab games with the Rockies saying, wow, this guy's going to be a difference maker. I think they hope that guy's still in there. I think certainly, if nothing else, he brings an element that the Mets lack, and that's a guy that you can put at the top of the batting order, a guy who, in his prime, was a really good hitter, probably an underrated hitter, a better hitter than people gave him credit for. Remember, he won a batting title, uh, can hit from both sides of the plate, and also gives that element of speed that the Mets really don't have anywhere on their roster. Um, Curtis Granderson, who's been leading off, doesn't run anymore at the stage of his career at age 35. And the rest of the thumpers that they have populating this lineup uh, really don't run at all either. The Mets don't bunt. They don't hit and run. They don't do any of those things. And not that Jose Reyes just by himself is going to change the identity of the offense. As we've talked about on this podcast before, I don't think he should. I don't think the Mets should change because hitting a lot of home runs is a fine way to win ballgames. But to have that as an option, to have a guy that you can put at the top of your order and, and move Granderson down into more of an RBI spot and just do these things that you don't have elsewhere that you can't get elsewhere, I think they're just hoping it works out in that way. And if it doesn't, so what? You lost essentially nothing. One one last question on Reyes. You know, you said this a couple times, and I think in a vacuum it makes sense that if he's lousy, if he's done, they're not out anything. But do you think given the history of this player with this organization, given um, how how big a deal he is to a lot of fans, given just that he's somebody that they know well, do you think that they will be willing to minimize him if he doesn't have it? Or are there some complications inherent here because of the history and the prominence of the player that if he isn't what they are hoping, even acknowledging that he – they know they're not getting the guy who was an MVP candidate. Do you think they will be willing to minimize him if he shows that he doesn't have it? Yeah, I think absolutely they would be. And and maybe not Terry Collins because he's the one who's ultimately making the lineup, but he might get nudged somewhere along the lines in the front office if Jose Reyes isn't producing. I mean, you got to remember, this is a front office that wants he became a free agent in his prime. He was still in his late 20s at the time. Uh, the front office didn't even make him an offer, didn't even pursue him one lick, and that's a player who is really arguably one of the most important in franchise history. Uh, led one of the best, you know, it, it's looked upon poorly because the Mets didn't make the playoffs in 07, 08, um, but those were some of the best teams in Mets history, 06 through 08, and Jose Reyes was a huge part of that along with David Wright. Um but because this is such contractually a, a low risk, uh, they lose nothing, I, I don't think there's going to be that sort of issue. I don't think you have an issue where it's like a David Wright where you have 70-something million dollars left, several years left on the contract, and you're talking about a, you know, a player who is unproductive at this point. Uh, if Jose Reyes is unproductive, I, I, I don't think those ties to the organization are quite the same like they are with David Wright. Um, you know, David Wright is – the Mets at this point. He, he always is. He always will be. Uh, Jose Reyes left. He was a Miami Marlin. He was a Toronto Blue Jay. He was a Colorado Rocky. And add in the fact that, you know, beyond the baseball circle a little bit, 
there's always going to be a part of the fan base that is permanently alienated by what happened to him off the field, the domestic violence incident. So uh, I just don't think there's the same level of loyalty to the organization. I think the organization wants it to succeed both on and off the field. I think the organization uh, has a vested interest, obviously, in that happening and really loves the idea of this being a Mets reunion, of this being Jose Reyes coming back to the place where he came of age, where he signed at age 16 and, and developed into the player that he became. But if it doesn't work out, I don't think there's going to be a, a ton of hair-pulling or hand-wringing or anything like that. I think the Mets will be able to walk away from this pretty cleanly and say, well, we gave it a shot and it didn't work. I want to move on to one other topic before we're done. I, I have a theory, and I mentioned this to a couple people yesterday. I have a theory that there is not a more pivotal member of the Mets lineup than Travis Darno. in that he's the one guy that when he's not there, they just can't paper over it. And because, in part because of this sort of flexibility that you mentioned, they can do a lot of things if they have to do without somebody in the infield. They can do a lot of things even if they have to do without Cespedes, who, who's clearly just relative to zero a better player, a, a more valuable major league player. But they can sort of cover over some things in the outfield they really can't cover over when they have to do without Darno and and his his contributions to the offense coming back since coming back I think magnify that. Do you think that makes sense or do you think that's ridiculous? No, I think that absolutely makes sense. I mean, it, it's essentially in one example the theory of wins above replacement. I mean, you have the guy who, when he's healthy and when he's going right, can do things that around the league you just don't see a lot of everyday catchers do. It's not an offensive position. Uh, not a lot of teams have the luxury of an offensive catcher, and Travis Darno can be that guy, has been that guy, has proven that he is that guy. And compounding that is the fact that when Travis Darno is not healthy, everything the Mets have tried has not worked. Uh, Kevin Ploiecki, uh, I think a lot of people had a lot of optimism, myself included, uh, that he could turn into a viable everyday catcher given that sort of opportunity. Well, he's had it twice now. He had it for the bulk of last summer. He had it for a lot of the early summer this year, and essentially did nothing with it. Uh, so I think kind of the game's up on Kevin Puecki a little bit. I don't think he's going to get that long-term opportunity again. Um, and already he was giving it away to Rene Rivera, who is a nice backup, a really nice defensive player, does a lot of good things to hold the running game, he calls games really well, but he's not a starting catcher. He doesn't hit enough. So uh, given all that, Given the fact that the Mets have zero coming through their system, at least that's uh, major league ready anytime soon at the catching position, yeah, you're going essentially from a guy who can be one of the better catchers in the league, certainly offensively, to replacement level if he's not there. Um, you know, if, if Cespedes isn't there, you can find maybe other ways to fill in the gaps. And no, it's not going to come remotely close to what Yohannes Cespedes can do, um, but they could get by. You know, they've gotten by just fine at first base, despite leading, despite losing their second-best power hitter in Lucas Duda. They've gotten by just fine at third base, despite losing essentially the heart and soul of their team in David Wright. Catcher, it was a mess when Travis Darno was, wasn't here. And the Mets, like you said, really, 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 really need him to stay healthy for the rest of this summer. All right, well, 
Thanks, everybody, for listening, and thanks, Anthony Giacomo, for taking some time to talk here on MLB.com Extras. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.